0: we're in the middle of a series actually I'm going to conclude this series tonight on matters of the heart and this is our foundation scripture above all guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are pay attention to the welfare of welfare your innermost being from there from for from there flows the wellsprings of life i can have you ever been let let down by someone let me let me phrase this a little bit differently, has somebody, I remember when I was in middle, just when it was elementary school, that I had this crush on the little girl across the street. Her name was Lisa. And I remember we were like in the middle of a school year. I was going to this elementary school and, you know, I had this huge crush on Lisa across the street. And it ends up that her family had lived there for, I don't know how many months, whatever, under a year, I think. And she moved away Oh my gosh. It rocked my world that 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 she moved away and you know all love was lost and you know to this day I mean from there I'm still single because of what she did. No no. no. <laughs> See what happens when you love early. Don't love early. No, I'm just kidding. But have you there's all, all of us deal with people that walk away whether it's a, a, a friendship, a romantic relationship, a parent, a loved one, a sibling, I mean, relative of some type of a, a romantic relationship, a friendship, those type of thing. We all have dealt with somebody that has walked away and the rejection that comes from people that are no longer in your life. That for one reason or another that you've been left... With someone that you know you wanted the best for, that you uh that you treasured in your life, that you invested, that you invested your life into them, and for some reason or another, they moved away, they walked away, they whatever happened, and we all deal at some point or another with people that have walked away in the church world, that that happens. At a, at a different level, you know, people that are part of a church and uh, involved and part of the family. And then they always, you know, they always come to you and say, we, we need to talk. And you always know it's, here Here we go. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not you, it's us. I mean, <laughs> you know what uh, Mario said to Peach when he broke up with her? It's it's not you, it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> but we've all had those those things in life, and maybe even was a romantic one where they said it's not you, it's me, and then that that walking away happens. And as I mentioned in the church world, you know they they feel called somewhere else, and that happens. I mean, there's just there's no way to avoid it. It's going to continue. There's no safety proof where you can keep all your hens together and. It just is a part of life. But, and let me, let me say this real quick, and if hopefully I don't run out of time. I was listening to a podcast, and this guy named this, he's a doctor, Terry Wardle, and wrote these two books, Identity Matters, and this book called Wounded. And he specifically narrows in on what we experience when people walk away. And it also can be in our lives when people pass away. And they're no longer there. Especially when there's a level of hurt and disappointment that has come along with that person. And it happens, you know, when people are still alive and they walk away. There's a level of hurt and disappointment that goes along with that as well. One of the hardest things about somebody walking or leaving your life is when you see it coming. And the anticipation of that the days are numbered... They've lost interest in me. They've, they're moving on. They're, they have someone new. They're moving to a new location. They're going to a different church. They have a new set of friends. That you, We all experience that sense of it. And here's, here's the thing, that rejection is a cruel taskmaster. And, and that's the normal part of people walking away people's lives changing. is that in a way, especially when you've invested. Now, this is not true of somebody that you couldn't give a flip about, and they're leaving, you're like, yay, go, you're painting the rear. (laughs) But it's people that you love. People that you've given into their lives. People that you care about them. And when they come and they make that statement, I feel like I need to go somewhere else. I feel like I need to break this relationship off, I feel like I need to do something different, that there always is a, that seed of rejection that tries to, tries to come in our life, and, and you try to make sense of it, and hopefully in the next couple minutes, I'll help you with that. Cory ten Boom, who was one of a Holocaust survivor, uh, she wrote the book, The Hiding Place, she said this, that the object of your pain can be the source of blessing if you give it to God. And all of us in here have experienced rejection at some level, disappointment at some level in relationships, whether family or romantic or friendship, that, and that pain can define our lives depending on, on what we do. And the, the truth is that, that we avoid grieving a loss There really is an avoidance when somebody walks away. There is an avoidance of going through. And that's what Terry Wardle talks about is that there is a process of grieving that we resist or we reject because it's as painful as somebody leaving. That we're conditioned to behave as if it doesn't really matter. That when that person walks away, you think, well, I'm okay. I'm all right. I, I'm, it, it's going to be all right. But that, that's, really, that's really not the truth. If we're talking about matters of the heart, that's really not the truth of the state that we're in when we feel like we've been rejected. It's just not the, it's not the reality of it. But we've conditioned our hearts to believe that it really doesn't matter. And time doesn't heal. Time does heal, but not... But, Only when you deal with it face on. The idea that time, that we're just going to let time march on and then we will get to this place where we're healed and over it. Maybe so if just by the grace of God, but not just in general and not really until we face head on, like what Terry Wardle says, until we face head on the pain of rejection. Why? Because we tie our self-worth to the way those people treated us. That when someone in your life that mattered to you, and then they walk away, part of you goes with them. Part of your self-worth is connected, can be connected to them going on. And... and certainly you know certainly in romantic and in a parent relationship and stuff like that a marriage that when when that when it's over it's not just clean severed ties but part of you has been connected in that process and dealing with pain often requires us to forgive but but wait 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 right here because Dealing with pain often requires us to forgive, but we think that just simple forgiveness is is antidote enough to get healing, and and it's not that we've mistaken forgiving with forgetting. That, That, Jonathan, if I forgive them, if I let them go of the disappointment of the pain that they caused me then then i will forget and that's just that's just not reality and and someone that tells you that you'll you'll forgive and then you'll forget just does has never been hurt bad <laughs> enough because time just doesn't heal forgiving just cuz here's the truth you'll never forget you know, there's, lib- there's liberty in just knowing that, that. That I'll never forget how that happened. I'll, ne- I'll never just totally, just poof, it's gone. I don't remember the details. You will never forget. So just simply forgiving. Terry Wardle actually says we forgive too soon. And you don't go around holding a grudge, but there's a process of grieving and at the end of that grieving, and I'm going to show you, show you what I think that the Lord has us do at the end of that grieving, and then the forgiveness comes through the healing of the Lord, that we think that if we forgive, then all will quickly be reset in our heart. Have you ever wanted that where you just, God, I just want my heart reset. I just want it reset in this situation. I just want just a do-over. I want to do like on a video game, pull the plugs, game over, start over, and it just doesn't happen that way. And then And then people will say, well, you just need to forgive. And then you say, well, yes, I I believe I need to forgive. But in forgiving, that doesn't necessarily mean that my heart is reset in it. Matters of the heart. That we've conditioned our hearts to pretend that pain is not real. When rejection comes, I don't care how tough a dude or how tough a chick you are it's pain it's pain it's inside it's it's an in, it's an inside ache and a pain there and we've conditioned ourselves to not feel that to act like it's not there yeah I, there's a was a I'm going to play it for you in a second but you know <laughs> If you, you ever fell down, my sister and I, we like to watch uh, America's Funny and so videos. And, and our favorite parts on those is when people fall and stuff. And so when they fall, you know, your instant thing when you fall is like you get back up. I mean, no matter your, you you know, broke your leg or whatever, you're trying to get up, I'm okay. So there used to be this commercial. It's like Pepsi Max, whenever that was. So play this, play this commercial on getting the, the snot beat out of you and watch what happens. Basically it's about I'm good be honest here, I <laughs> ah, it. I'm good. My bad. I'm good. I'm man I'm good. Ready? No. <laughs> I like this men one. can take anything. <laughs> I'm good. Except the taste of Diet Cola. Until now, Pepsi Max, the first Diet Cola for men. This is good. good. So you, you see, see, <laughs> no matter what the the snot got hit out of them, we're conditioned to pop back up. I'm good, and we're not good. We're conditioned to just bounce back from a from a, a big hit. And what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, "I'm good," and we're not. And it hurts, and it's painful, and it's disappointing, and it's all the things wrapped up into it. But we condition ourselves. But this Travis Green who wrote uh, the song called Good and Loved with Stephanie Gretzinger, she, he also wrote this song called Perform. And this is one of the verse in, verses in it that Travis Green sings. It says, uh, get it right every day. Have you ever <laughs> felt that way? That you're just trying to get it right every day? Do it perfect and that will love me. They will listen to rejection that they'll want me back. If I make no mistakes, a performance that's perfect for the crowd, then you'll be proud of me, right? That one that they'll want me back. Don't don't raise your hand, maybe in your heart, but have you ever been rejected by somebody and then you did everything that you could to make them want you back? That you thought, if I can get to a different level of physical appearance, of social standing of their interest in me, et cetera, et cetera. If I can get to that place, then they'll, listen, listen, they'll realize the mistake they made. And it's unresolved pain. It's unresolved rejection. I'm going somewhere. I hope you're like, this is, this is, that we define pain as weakness. That if I'm dealing with pain, then I must be weak. And that's, that's a, that's another horrible taskmaster. That I got to be strong. I got to take it like a man. I got to take it like a woman. And, And pain doesn't mean that, feeling pain doesn't mean that you're weak. That we pretend that strength is a merciless wall built around our life. That if I'm strong, if I pretend to have an outward appearance of having it together, there's nothing worse than being rejected and having to live the days after the rejection. Because then you have to pretend that you're okay. Then you have to pretend that I'm strong. I got this. I'm going somewhere with this. That people that deal with pain do all that they can to avoid having to deal with it again. Lady I used to work for, I ran into her this weekend. I was, She's been doing some painting, and I, and I bought one of her paintings, and she was telling me about going to her painting class. And she said, Jonathan, you just would not believe when one of the instructors that just is this hard person, just very hard. And no matter what I do to try to do something well in the class, I never feel like it's ever acknowledged that it's getting be- better. And, and this lady that I used to work for, for in a ministry, she's like selling her paintings left and right, but this instructor never acknowledges her ability. And so we're standing in the driveway of this house that I met her at trying to make the transaction to get the painting and And she's telling me about this painting instructor and I said, that's a person who's been hurt a lot. That's a person that's dealing with a lot of rejection. And, and, and their, uh, their defense, their defense is a hard texture, a, a hard shell, a hard surface. And that hard surface says, you're not gonna hurt me again. And so they come across harsh. They come across... Uh, unsympathetic. They come across as as no 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 uh, meaningful interaction. Why? Because not because they're not because they're strong, not because they're opinionated, not because that they that they're um, an authority in their field. They're hurt badly, probably. That only God knows how to hold our pain. Only God. Terry Wardle in this book wounded in this book wounded he starts the book it's probably 20 something years ago he starts this book when he's been in he's admitting himself into a psychiatric hospital for long term care and he talks about only god can heal our pain only god can deal with our disappointment that's why people become bitter. They won't let God heal their pain. Any person in your life that is, that is bitter about the past, here's the, here's the tragic thing about, about bitterness. It comes across, bitterness comes across as somebody that um, has moved on, is, has moved to a better, pl- listen, listen to this, they've moved to a better place than where you're at. They're at, they're at a better place than where they left you. And so to, to hide, to hide the pain that, they're, that really they're sheltering, the pain that, that they're dealing with, they come across as having it together when only God only God can heal pain. That rejection is no better. When it comes, and I don't think this is a fill-in, rejection is no better than when it comes from really good people. It's easy to walk away from somebody that has that was a jerk to you all the time. It's hard to walk away from somebody that you care for. When it when it's from people who are really good people, but for whatever state, reason, or circumstance. Rejection is just as difficult when it comes from really good people that every wound in life, every loss in life, every false belief needs, confront, needs, needs confronting, that should be confronting, in the presence of Christ so that we can be freed from those. And this is the hard part about being a strong believer. This is the hard part about being having a, a strong personality is that we think, God, I'm gonna take you the tough stuff and then I'll deal with the semi-easy to medium-easy stuff and we'll be all right. And every pain, every hurt has to be dealt with in his presence. Look at Matthew. Talks about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then Jesus walked a short distance away and overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground and prayed. My father, if there's any way that you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared To strengthen him, that Jesus, in his greatest time of grief and pain, goes to a safe place. And safe place is not, you know, something that's fortified or no, a safe place that he knew he would find the presence of his Father. He goes to a safe place. He surrounded himself with people that he loved and trusts. That's as important as well, that that you go to a safe place in his presence, and in your life, you surround yourself with people. Can I say this that's not in my notes? We often are are caught in a trap of dealing with the rejection of somebody that is long gone in our lives, and then we devalue or overlook the value of the people that are right in front of us that stayed. And we're too busy thinking, hoping, praying, wishing, trying to be better for somebody that has moved on and lose sight of the ones that have remained through thick and thin what happens jesus pours out his grief that there is a place in god that you pour out your grief and that's not that's not i'm saying that's not just well i will do that if i ever have a really serious heavy duty grief that's not how it works that God designed himself to be somebody that we bring our daily cares to and give them to him. That the father does, here's the one thing about it, that the father for Jesus didn't give him a pep talk. That's what we're expecting. As strong, as strong personality, sometimes, we're expecting, we're expecting God to give us some pep talk and a kick in the butt and saying, get back out there and play. That's not what God did in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. He didn't give him a pep top and say, You can handle this, buck up, stick up your chin. Here's what happens. In that moment, the Father gave him the experience of his presence. That's where the confidence came, the healing came, the knowing his heart came. The resolution, the, re- the resolve, the resolute, the resolute state of Jesus came. When he laid out his grief, the Bible says that he was in so much grief that his pores no longer were, were seeping water, but they were seeping blood. That's the state that Jesus was in. Heaven will only tell what kind of grief was, what his thought prophesies. But we can say that when he dealt with grief, he, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he went before the presence of his father, and it was there that he poured out the grief in his heart. That change will only come from an experience with his presence. And let me just say this. I'm a huge proponent of the word. I'm a huge proponent of speaking the right things over your life. But if that's what we're relying on, that we just speak the word, if that's what we're relying on, that we just speak positive things over our life, darling, that ain't it. Because that's not an experience of his, of his presence. That's just saying what we're supposed to say. An experience of his presence is coming before him and laying out before him all that we're dealing with. Because the propensity is that, God, I'm going to keep a little bit back for me. I'm going to keep a little bit of the pain back for me. I'm going to keep just a little satchel of it just in case I need to go back to it. And that's not the design of God, that God wants us to pour out all of it before him. Monkey man, if you'll come down. In Psalms, the psalmist said this. He said, Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Listen to where it is. is So I prove it. I told you I'd prove it to you. I told you I wouldn't lie to you. Tell him all your thoughts and pour out your heart's longings to him. The heart's longings are the heart pains, too. Believe me when I tell you that He will help you. In the original uh, uh, wording of this, it says Selah, but in the passion, I like the way it says. It says, "Pause in His presence." You don't. You know what we don't know how to do? We don't know how to pause in God's presence. We want. We want to treat. We want to treat God like a like a car wash. That on one end, I'm going to come in with all the road dirt and the muck and the grime. And on the other end, when I get to the other end, then, I, then I'm going to be cleaned up, shined up and ready to go and then go on my way. And we were never designed to live that way. We were never designed to treat him just like a car wash that we go through. And on the other side, we're sparkling and happy and free that he never designed you for that. And heaven will not be like that either. But he designed us to encapsulate. And Jesus did it. I don't have time to show you. Jesus did it time and time again where he was resolute in finding the presence of God. Let me close with this. Let me, I'm, I don't have very much time, so let me read part of this. In Psalms 189, 139 from the uh, Passion, psalmist is talking to the Lord. He says, You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. And I'm expecting God to restore me, but I won't go to the secret place. I'm expecting God to, to bring healing and 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 destiny to me and freedom from 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 the things that have been pain but it will not happen unless I find myself In the secret place, letting him restore. That's how he started. That's how he started in the secret place. Carefully, do we let God be carefully with us? Like I said, we want it in under five minutes, or we're gonna move on. And God's design. Is that carefully I'll heal you, skillfully shaping me in the, from nothing to something, and that he saw who you cre- that you saw who you created me to be before I became me. And before I'd even see the light of day, the number of my days. You plan for me. You already recorded in your book. Let me, let me read this last bit. And every single, listen to this, every single moment you are thinking of me. You know what our, our we don't let God think about us. You know, if I told somebody, in the, if I told Taylor, Taylor's a friend of mine, you know, bro, I've been thinking about you. What's the normal response? What about been thinking I want to drive that Tesla again. <laughs> That's the normal response. You know, I've been thinking about you. What, what have you been thinking about me? And in that place in his presence is the place where he reveals his thoughts about what he's been thinking. How precious and wonderful to consider that you, are you, are you ready for this? That you cherish me constantly. That's a tall order. You know, when you've been dealing with pain and you've been, and you've you've nursed it and you I mean you have, have 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 let it grow up on the inside of you, you've took good, good care of that pain that it's often hard to let him cherish you. But he will. In the secret place that you'll cherish me constantly in your in this good in your every thought oh God your desires toward me are more are you you listening to this more than the grains of sand on every shore let him and I'm speaking to me as well let him let him be God in your life let him do what he does best Be be that one that pours out before him unashamed? Let me me pray over you. Father, I thank you that we've heard from your heart tonight and that your heart has a longing desire to invade our hearts. And so as people that belong to you, I'm asking you just to allow us that place in you, that secret place in you where all, all the hindrances come off all the inhibitions come off all the rules and regulations and all the things that we protect so valiantly they just go away and we pour out before you to be healed to be restored to hear your heart In jesus name amen amen would you guys